Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We'll share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Do you want to do the intro today? Do you want to start off? No, that's too uncomfortable. Too uncomfortable. <laughs> you're the host, you're the host with the most. Hi there, I'm Mike Ashby. Welcome to our Business Leaders Breakthrough Podcast. With me today is our host, actually, Ryan Castle. But Mike, as a deputy host, you've done an exceptional job of that intro. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk about uncomfortable things today. Yes. Um, that probably wasn't very uncomfortable for you at all, really. But you know, way, we'll uh, we'll talk about more uncomfortable things as we as we dive in. We are talking about getting the big stuff done. Yeah. And I think there's a challenge for all of us. In fact, I've asked the question to. Look, probably thousands of business owners and senior business leaders now, have you ever run out of stuff to do? Yep, for sure. I'm yet to have anyone say, uh, yes, I finished my work, end of the day, couldn't do another thing, completely run out of things to do, really hoping someone brings something to my desk tomorrow. Hasn't happened yet. The interesting observation is that whilst we never have enough time to complete what we feel like we need to do, Mm. we always look to solve the problem by working more. And there's also, I thought what you were going to say, that is true, uh, working longer hours, but I think the, the, the thing I thought you were going to say was, but there's always enough time to start something new. Oh. Have you noticed that? Yes. Mm. Particularly if you're a pioneer. Particularly if you're a pioneer <laughs> and the world is so exciting. Yes. Well, that's what we used to call it when I was at university, a PhD, piled higher and deeper. That's what happens. The work gets piled higher and deeper. The, the pile just simply grows. And when it gets piled higher and deeper, the, your, your goals, the things that are most important, they slip further and further away. So what's the strategy when we talk about uh, this in the module? We talk about, and we've you know, preached this for many years, and we're not bad at ourselves, you know, define the priorities. What are the three most important goals? And you write them down and you put time to them. Easy. As Mick Jagger would say. <laughs> so be. let's come back to the defined priorities bit because I think that's really, really critical and uh, a fantastic uh, book, Four Disciplines of Execution, which we've referenced often. And you know, the very first one that is define the goal yeah. and how many of them there are. Yeah. And through uh, very, very extensive research that they did, uh, they were able to identify that after three goals, you start getting diminishing returns. Yeah. So the more goals you have after three, the less returns you actually get. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Of course, three goals gives us focus. We can put our resource into three three goals. We're not mm. spreading that resource thin, mm. whether that be uh, human resource, time resource, dollars resource. Attention resource. Attention resource. Most great of, one. Well, great in, this, one. in this context, it's our attention. It's just yeah. kind of being able to keep track of them is the is the first piece and, and having fewer. Even though most managers, they like to have a long list of goals so that they can feel like they're you know, making a difference and getting somewhere. You're dead right. Beyond three, it starts to drop. And you know, if you get more than 10 or 11, you're, not, you're just not gonna get any of them achieved. Mm. The putting time to them is the particular problem that we, we wanna talk about here. Our approach to that problem is simply to create space. And we do that through something called uh, development time. And the idea is that you take a couple of hours, well, with business owners, we used to say take a day a week. Yes. And, and as business owners ourselves, we do that. We take a day a week. We 
get away from, usually away from the office, the workplace, and we work on develop, business development, business growth, business development, and so on. Realize that that's a bit of a challenge for people who are, uh, don't have that same kind of flexibility. So we say, okay, two hours a week, just two hours a week for what we call development time or time on. And what's in that kind of space, that two hours that you are not on the phone, you are not doing the business as usual stuff, it's where you be proactive. What we know is that the, um, the highest performing managers, the ones who rise to the top, are those who are proactive. They do stuff that's not strictly required and it's not reacting to circumstances. They carve time out to go, actually this would be really useful if we did this. And then, and then kind of get on with it. You know, what does that look like in terms of being proactive? It looks like the future business, right? It does, because we can fill our time with things that were created yesterday and the day before and the yeah. week before, all those things that are the little boxes on the to-do list, yeah. and we can task tick, right? We could, even in yeah. that two hours, we go, oh, that would be great, I could get a whole lot of tasks ticked off. This is actually about building the future of the business. And that's whatever that context is for you. You might be a uh, head of a department, so it might be about spending those two hours going, mm -hmm. how do I improve, develop, or transform mm -hmm. my department, yeah. my, the team that I, that I work with? With. As a, yeah. a senior business leader, it might be thinking about how does this organisation get from where it is today to where yeah. it needs to be in another one, three, five years, five yeah. years time. But that's, yeah. as you rightly point out, Mike, it's it's the focus on the future, yeah. not the it's work. Skipping that, away not the from work. the work that's there. I remember in the days before paperless offices, long before your time, right? I was working with a guy, and they'd started us. They'd done a, a JV, and it was a bit of a startup. And they, uh, this guy, he said, oh. Bit different from back at the office you know in the office your work comes into your in tray you spend your day kind of getting it from the in tray to the out tray and there's your day done here in this environment there's no in tray and this this perplexed him you could live your life and spend your days dealing with what's in your inbox yes couldn't you the, Just the scourge. Do, yeah, 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 yeah. And you could allow it to dominate your life and you could take care of the stuff. I, I, you know, you could really spend your whole time dealing with stuff that came up yesterday and just keep moving it forward. Totally. Development time is all about creating the future without reference necessarily to that. It's actively putting time and energy and attention to the most important, not necessarily the most urgent, not necessarily the most pressing, it's the most important and it's and it's two hours minimum so when i talk to uh, clients and customers about about this and they go oh yeah sounds great yeah two hours of development time yeah i'll do that and then i get really detail focused and go hmm so when will you do that what day of the week what time how does it fit with when your energy works when you do the best your best work because yep. you need to be doing that in that time don't don't slam it in at the end of the day if mm. you're not someone who operates well in those those hours mm. where will you do it it needs to be minimal distraction mm. so hence why we tend to do our development days away away from the office but it might be about booking a meeting room it might be heading to a yeah. to a cafe it might be whatever but just get a zone where you're not going to be interrupted uh, it's doing things like switching your mobile off yeah. It's turning off your emails if you, you might still be using your uh, laptop or something, you know, mm -hmm. don't have your uh, emails and alerts coming in because we know that the task switching time yeah. 
absolute killer for product yeah. productivity yeah. in this kind of zone. So yeah. interestingly, he had a podcast interview with Derek Handley, yep. very successful entrepreneur, yep. and he said he does his development time, but he literally takes a notebook and a pen mm. and goes and sits on a park bench, and that's right. where he does his thinking and development time. Yeah. Doesn't take his mobile, doesn't take a tablet, a laptop, anything, and that's mm. what he's found really works well mm. for him. The point here is, uh, move from that's a good idea to execution yeah. and execution looks like booking that time in your diary being clear when where how who and I think the communication piece is really essential as well we tend to not tell the people around us you know our other team members maybe our our own manager uh, why we're doing this mm -hmm. why it's important mm -hmm. so get that agreement up front mm -hmm. and then it's like this time doesn't move we mm -hmm. don't book meetings over the top of it we mm -hmm. don't go oh well I'll catch up on it next week it's like you've got to build the habit Lock in, lock in the time, communicate to others that you're not going to be available. Uh, unless someone has uh, died, mm -hmm. uh, don't, don't try to talk to me during these two hours. And you know what's really good about that in, a, in, a, um, in an unexpected way was what uh, what people found when they did that. And they made this big song and dance about this is development time, rah, 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 rah. And then their staff would catch them sending emails and say, hey, what are you doing? You're meant to be doing your development time. Oh, okay. It works really well. That public declaration yes. piece actually creates an accountability on you, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a good way to do it. It's a good way to kind of hold your own feet to the fire. No, no kind of flicking off emails while you're in the middle of this. Yeah. Stuff. What, to, I was going to say, might give us some guidance around the types of things we'd probably look to work on yeah. in, in development time. Um, I think the first one is is about shifting away. It's all about shifting out of today's stuff or yesterday's stuff. And into uh, you know creating space for what the future might look like, and so just spending uh, a couple of minutes kind of settling yourself and and letting go of decluttering the, the from the from the other stuff. Then you'll be doing things like planning, uh, professional development activities like this. Um, you know, listening to podcasts is a genuinely good development activity because it's about investing in your future growth. Um, you might. You know, some of the current stuff that you can play with is is take a problem that keeps recurring, a, you know, persistent problem, and analyze what's behind it. Go into a kind of root cause analysis. Because one of the things here is it's not really meant to be a sort of productive thing of getting lots of things done. It's meant to be a, a deep dive. And, you know, we called it, we had a, a, a term for it, uh, the ginger crunch, mm -hmm. right? Where we would, um, there was an, uh, an internal contest to, to, to find the world's best ginger crunch. And what it was, was two hours to kind of eat ginger crunch, didn't do that for two hours, uh, and really work through the detail. You know, we've done things like pricing, for example, which was a persistent problem for us. How do we kind of resolve this? What does our future resource plan look like? Actually get diving deep. So time on is like a deep dive. It might be research, it might be just staring out the window, thinking about what you could be doing next. Now, you're not gonna do that very often. Don't, don't panic, you're not gonna be kind of completely activityless. But it is about, you know, you might be thinking about uh, redefining processes, work processes. Just think about those really important things that you don't get to at the moment. Probably one of those is going to be on your list of time on activities. My context is the, what is it that you continually find yourself fighting fires around? Yeah. Go, go into the root cause around, around that. And I think it's worth mentioning, you've got to find what works for you in this time. Yeah. Uh, some people can literally stare out the window 
process the entire problem in their in their head mm -hmm. and uh, that works really well for them mm -hmm. and they, they get great great outcomes some people are look I need to mind map that if I yeah. get a mind map that really helps me some people might find actually they do this very well around a whiteboard yeah. with some others because yeah. that's what generates the the outcomes for them so yep. be conscious of what works for you find your zone find what works for you and then dig in yeah yeah and I think it's really important that you learn to do it without guilt this is you know people say oh I've got so much work to do I can't spend two hours doing this stuff you've got to spend two hours doing this stuff you know this is the future of the business and we need to reframe that that active mindset piece around get out of that sense of busyness that's not importance just because you're busy doesn't mean you're important or valuable the most valuable thing you can do is you know, working with your head rather than your hands, thinking about what the future of the business looks like and where, or the team or, or the product or whatever it is. Because in business, we are all about and always about adaptation, evolution, what's the next step, what does it look like? The biggest value you bring to the business is between your ears, not at the end of your arms. So, you know, do the upgrade, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Work higher. Work higher. That's what we call it, work higher. Stop depriving the business of your best thinking. Absolutely. So Mike, you've introduced the concept of one uncomfortable thing to many of the minimum members. I stole it. I can't, I can't remember who it was didn't from. You, didn't you adopt it, adapt it, and improve it? I adopted it, I've adapted it, I've improved it. I don't think the guy called it one uncomfortable thing. He just talked about an uncomfortable thing, but yeah. it was a great concept. I thought it was a really powerful way of kind of disturbing us. Uh, because when we get disturbed, we use our brains better. So um, I guess what we say to people is, you know, think about something that might have happened yesterday, and if you hadn't constrained yourself or got too uncomfortable or intimidated or challenged or whatever, what might you have done in that moment? And then think about how you'd make that difference if you hadn't constrained yourself. What went on that you ended up limiting yourself? And then and then simply resolve to do it. So the idea is that every day we should do at least one thing that makes us uncomfortable. Not unethical, just a little bit vulnerable, a little bit worried about how we might look, this might not work, we might look like a failure, you know, can I do this, all of that kind of stuff. It's just yeah, anything that kind of, in that moment makes us uncomfortable. Capture that and then resolve to do something different. So shifting our targets out a bit, just pushing ourselves and you know, our inner voice is going, oh, you don't have to do this. You can take this. I remember a guy talking about, it's really interesting, talking about the bike ride from Wellington to Auckland he did. Uh, he was an older guy. He was not a, you know. And, he, and he, it's uphill going that way too. Is it? Yeah, oh, Wellington to Auckland. It's oh, uphill. it's much easier going yeah, the other way, definitely. isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, um, he said that uh, the physical, because it took, what, it was five or seven days or something, isn't mm. it? Yeah. He said the physical recovery took about a week. The mental recovery took about three months the mental exhaustion and and what he talked about was you know he he could have just stayed in the in the group but he wanted to do better he wanted to push himself so every day in you know in the moment he'd be going i just need to catch up with that next group and you know if i can catch up with that next group because they are all faster riders then they'll then i'll be able to and his but his mom oh no you don't have to steve just relax it's okay just stick with these guys stick with your mates it's a lot of the mental battle, I go, oh wow, that's so true, right? And, and he did that for seven days solid, because if you don't keep pushing yourself, you drop back in the peloton, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and, you, and your kind of objectives last, right? But the energy it required to manage his mind was such a wonderful example of a seriously uncomfortable thing. Yes. Other examples, um, if you don't understand what's going on, ask a stupid question. And people are very reluctant to do that because, well, it's a stupid question. But it's not really a stupid question, and it's just, it's really uh, being uncomfortable enough to admit that you don't understand. I don't know what that acronym is. I did it yesterday. We were in a meeting with a client. Yeah. Uh, she used an acronym, and I'm like, I don't know what that acronym yeah. is, so I, so I asked. You know, you just get, yeah, put it out there. And the good part is that in that moment of feeling uncomfortable, you go, you know, the active mindset piece goes like this. It goes, oh, they're talking about uh, IEAs. And, it, and you think, oh, I should know what that, oh, I'm gonna look stupid if I ask that question because obviously the other guy knows what they're talking about. Like, oh, shit. That's great. That's what that kind of, uh, the active mindset goes, no, of course I'm not gonna look stupid. And actually, doesn't matter if I do. What's an IEA? Because once I know what's being talked about, then I can contribute to the conversation again. When I don't know, I have to essentially remove myself from the conversation. I can't add any more value at that point because I don't know. That's true. And also, you develop your development muscle. Because all development, all growth, lies outside your comfort zone. One more, lies, one, one more rep. Right? One more rep. It's that last rep that builds that bulging gun of yours, right? Massive. <laughs> For those of you that are watching on video, be able to see um, yeah, just how, just flexed. how <gasps> amusing that comment is. <laughs> so, but that is where the growth lies. And, when we're, and you are good at this. Uh, you are good at observing the discomfort and moving into it because you know that's where the growth lies. And, and so, yes, you can participate better in the conversation. More importantly, you've just developed your, your character and your development muscle. And that's a lifelong thing, right? And it comes into, in work settings, you know, making that call. And if you, again, if you stop the active mindset and you go, hmm, what's happening here? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned they're gonna say no. Or I'm gonna be a bit concerned they won't wanna hear from me because they don't think I'm on board and dot, dot, dot. And, and making the call anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and we can say, and you'd be surprised how many times that call actually led to a wonderful call. That's good, it's not the main point. The main point is that you conquered yourself. Correct. You conquered your own objections. Maybe uh, disagreeing with someone in authority. When you go, oh, that doesn't sound right. Actually saying, can we just go over that again? Because I'm, you know, not 100% clear or whatever. Do it politely, of course. You don't just say, no, that's not true. That, that's more than discomfort. That's silly. What are some others? What are some of the oh, things I, th we I think we easily form bad habits around technology. Totally. So we get addicted to now we leave the office and the emails keep coming through and the messages keep coming through. So mm -hmm. unplug, get home, turn your phone off. Yeah. Uh, had a fantastic client who when he got home he would switch his phone off and put it in the hot water cupboard <laughs> and literally close the door. <laughs> and you know, when it, it came home to roost when his children said to him, Dad, it's amazing you're just not on your phone all the time now. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't realise how yeah. what I, the environment I was creating. Um, mm. I think admitting a mistake. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, look, I've mastered this one because I go whole days without making any mistakes. <laughs> Is that not? I was just wondering if we should like phone a friend into this uh, this podcast know, and, and get no. a uh, independent perspective on on that. Oh, I don't think that'd be necessary. Not quite. I'd okay. just take my word. I'd I'd like to just take my word Great. for it. <laughs>
Uh, I think one that's common, you know, how, how do I leave work half an hour earlier every day? We build these habits of going, oh, well, I, I now work from, you know, 7.30 to 6 p.m. and that's just what I do. Yeah. Building some resilience, building some, some muscle around, around this, doing one uncomfortable thing is like, I'm, I'm leaving at five o'clock today. How do, I, how do I get around that? I've made a commitment to spend more time at home, um, honoring that commitment. Oh, just do one more, one more, oh, just, just one more, just one more. Mm. Just go and, and feel the guilt and the kind of the walking away from it and the, you know, the kind of, uh, whatever that's called, separation anxiety yeah. from work. Yeah. Oh, and leave loudly. You know, be, you know, take away the, the guilt. This is a, a concept that was uh, made famous by Pepsi Cola. Yeah. They talked about their, their managers leaving loudly. So, you know, if you normally leave it, leave it six and today you're gonna leave it five, don't sneak out the door because you right. don't want anyone to know that you're, you're leaving early. Yeah. Leave, leave it five, go, great day people, see you tomorrow, I'm off to spend some time with. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, no. You don't have to make an excuse about it, but no, just no. be be positive be, yeah. about about the fact that you're you're living a life as well as uh, yeah, as well yeah. as contributing. Bye, I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. leave loud. Not the um, I I like to practice as you know the the uh, I believe it's called the Irish goodbye. Just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, hey, where's, where's Mike? It? Where, where is he? Ah, oh, oh, no. he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We're used to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Along with that kind of sticking to those commitments and those habits is. Little things like, um, for a lot of people, it's really difficult to accept a compliment. And to be able to do that with grace, which is just smile and say thank you. Instead, um, now Francesca was, was complimenting me about something, and I was, oh, well, you know, it, just, it wasn't quite, blah, blah, blah. And she said, just, just, it's a compliment. All right, thank you. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of catching ourselves we would rather wrap it up in something else rather than just say, yeah, I did a good job. Thank mm. you. Thank you for noticing. And as the compliments come, we need to uh, improve our acceptance of criticism as well. You know, accepting criticism with curiosity. Mm, what, is, what is going on there? Can I reflect on that? Yeah. What I've done, it didn't stop taking it as a, uh, a personal attack. Yeah. See yeah. it as an opportunity for potential improvement. And you yeah. might reflect on that and go, uh, there is an opportunity for improvement. You mm. might reflect on it and go, actually, I think that person's context is, is uh, out of whack, but yeah. taking the moment to reflect is, is a great place yeah. to be. Yeah, well, it's, uh, somebody called it finding the coaching and criticism, which is, which is a really good way to, way to do it. Yeah. And look, it's not the practice, it is the process. It's where you take yourself on. You take yourself on, you develop those character muscles. It's how you grow your confidence. It's when you are daring rather than staying safe, when you winning small challenges that you set yourself, that's, that's how you grow your confidence. It's not, it's not talking to yourself about how wonderful you are, it's demonstrating to yourself that you can take yourself on, that you can take on your inner critic and your inner constraints and get past them. That's how people get there, isn't it? You think about the great champions, that's how they learn to back themselves, is taking risks, feeling uncomfortable, pushing beyond the discomfort and getting there over and over again. We had a lovely quote from one of our clients. He said, you know, one of the big things that stuck with me, and he, and he still talks to his wife about it all the time, he said, it's that doing one thing every day that makes, makes me uncomfortable. He said, I force myself to do it every day. And when I've done it, I always realise that it's actually not even uncomfortable. It's just in my head. 
That is so cool, isn't it? Yeah. That is so cool. And we've recently done a brilliant interview podcast that'll be on a podcast series with Angela Cameron of Consult mm-hmm. Recruit, mm-hmm. and she talks about 10 seconds of bravery. Oh, I love that. You know, you don't, have, yeah, you don't have to be this uh, person uh, conquering fearful yeah. situations all day, every day. Yeah. It's like, here's my one uncomfortable thing. I'm going to yeah. be brave for 10 seconds. I'm going give to give that a whirl and, yeah. and go for it. And we can all summon courage for 10 seconds. See, courage is not the absence of fear. It's being afraid and pushing on anyway. And I think one of the things that, uh, a quote that I've always loved and I've always reflected on from Ed Hillary, he said, it's not the mountain that we conquer, but ourselves. Love it. Love it, and what a beautiful way to close the episode. Catch you next time, people. Thanks for joining.